Last week, we started talking about an authentic life, and authentic literally means the real thing. And so what I'm talking about is this authentic life is living life the way it was supposed to be, the way we were created to live life. Um, This week, I was um, getting on the highway. I'd actually, I just started listening to a podcast that my wife insisted that I listen to, and I resisted her for, for several weeks, and she kept saying, you would love it, I promise. And so finally, as, I, as I'm getting in my car, getting ready to head in to the church, I put the podcast on, and I'm sitting in the midst of um, the actual enemy around here, which is Highway 78 right now. And uh, so I'm sitting on the, the highway, sitting in traffic, listening to this story. And the, the girl's name is Jessica Buchanan, and she's being interviewed, and and she was raised in the Midwest um, in a Christian family, really normal upbringing, um, was homeschooled, um, didn't go to college until she was like 25, 26, which was a little bit later. And she went to college, and when she graduated, she didn't want to just do any old student teaching. She wanted to be a teacher, but she decided to go overseas. And so she went overseas to do her student teaching and to begin teaching and really started a whole new life overseas, met her husband. And she ended up with her and her husband in Africa, in Somalia, Africa. I don't know much about Somalia other than the Somalia pirates you hear about, right? Captain Phillips, the, the pirates that, that take people. And, and really, that was the gist of this whole story. And so here she is in Somalia, and her husband was, was a lawyer and was gone a lot. And she worked for this organization in the education world in Somalia. And she would mainly be in her little area of the world, and she kept calling them compounds because every place she went, they had to have an armed guard. And we're not talking an armed guard that conceal and carry armed guard. An armed guard carrying an AK-47 was with you. Whatever. And she said, it kind of becomes life, but, but you're always aware of the dangers in that area. It's the poorest country in the world. They, have, they literally have no industry. They have no way really to make money. And so some really smart guy along the way came up with his own industry being a pirate and started kidnapping people and demanding ransom. And that's, that's kind of their industry that they, they have. Obviously not a good industry and a scary industry. But, but she was nervous about these pirates. And she had some training that she had to do for her organization. And she said she was supposed to go at one point and do this training, but it was in a different city and she had to travel to get there. She had heard there's some unrest. And so she called her boss and said, you know what? I didn't sleep all night. I am so anxious and so worried. I don't know why, but I'm not. I'm canceling. I'm not going to do it. Another two weeks go by, and they reschedule it. And, and again, she calls him and says, I, literally, I, I, I am so worried I can't do it. I, I can't do it. So she cancels again. So they reschedule it. The third time, she's having the same feelings. She said literally she was up all night worrying about all the dangers there, which are obvious dangers, but she's like really worried. And, and she calls her boss, and her boss says, I'm sorry, if you back out, I, I have to find somebody else. You're going to lose your job. And she really liked her job. So she goes, okay, I'll, I'll come. So she makes her way with her armed guards, and, and they get there day one of the training. Everything goes great. They're in their compound, and, and it all goes well. They stay the night there. The next day, they have to go to a different location to do the training. 
which becomes a little more, more dangerous. And she gets in the car with her boss and, and, and the people she's with. They travel to a different location. She does the, the training. Everything goes great. They get in their car to go back to the original location. They've had their armed guards with them, and they're driving through the city. And she said, all of a sudden, the car stops. There's all this loud noise. You can hear stuff banging on the car. The car door opens. Someone reaches in, grabs their arm guard, pulls them out, whacks them over the head with their AK-47. Nine men pile into the car and drive off into the wilderness. She was kidnapped by Somali pirates just like that. All those things she was worried about, (laughs) all those things she was fearful about happened right then. And it was the beginning of a 93-day event, can you call it an adventure, of fear for this woman, Jessica Buchanan. Now, I'm going to come back to it. Don't worry. I'm going to come back to it. But, but as I was listening to that this week, as I'm driving in, uh, the frustrations of just being in traffic were, were real, right? And I began to think, man, there's something about worry and anxiety, and, and, and I started thinking, I'm, I'm doing this whole series basically being led by the Spirit of God. And how, if we're led by the Spirit of God, do worry and anxiety control us so much? And, and so what does it look like to be able to let go of anxiety, of worry, and just be in the Spirit? You remember what Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, the enemy, the purpose of the enemy is to steal the life we were created to live, to steal our life, to give us discontent, uh, to be jealous of others, to be angry, to have rage. But honestly, I think worry and anxiety has become the most successful weapon of stealing real life. Remember what Paul said in Galatians when he's talking about the spirit versus the sinful nature? And he says, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let the spirit guide. And then you won't be doing this. And then he goes in and he tells us, what, are the, what is the Holy Spirit? What does it look like? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. There's love. There's joy. There's peace. There's patience, there's kindness, there's goodness, there's faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And there is no law against these things. And so you have the sinful nature versus the Holy Spirit. And it's, what's interesting is the sinful nature, when we're honest, it seems to come easy to us, doesn't it? Uh, anger and rage and frustration and worry, those things just kind of, those are pretty easy. But when you think about the Holy Spirit and these things, they're all things we want. We all want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We all want those things. But sometimes they're a little bit harder to tap into. Now, the Bible over and over tells us, do not fear. You just heard the kids up here in their Bible verse from Psalm 23. Even in the the darkest valleys, we won't be afraid. We won't be afraid. It's over and over. It's telling us not to be afraid. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. These are, Paul tells us in Philippians when he's writing to the church at Philippi, he says, do not be anxious about anything. And it's pretty easy to say, right. I mean, nothing. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God in the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, Now, don't be anxious. We don't want to be anxious, but we are. We all want peace, but we don't seem to have it. And here you're saying, you give it to God and let the peace, which is a fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) You see, this life that we were created to live is possible because of the Spirit that lives in us. And it's not just any Spirit that lives in us. It's literally the Spirit of God, the one true God. And so if you go all the way back to Genesis, we have the creation. And in creation, what you find is... uh, For all these days, God is creating. For six days, he creates all these amazing things, animals and trees and the ocean and mountains and and all the beauty. And then on the sixth day, he creates us. He creates human beings. And, And this is what it says. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. It's pretty amazing to me when you think about it. God created us like this, this jewel, right? I mean, we're, we're in his image. It doesn't say that about any other animal, no, no tree or anything else. We are in his image. We have his likeness to us. And what else is interesting to me is when God gave Adam life, he did it by breathing into him. He breathed breath into Adam's nostrils, and that gave him life. No other animal had God's breath in them. He didn't breathe into the trees. He didn't breathe into any other animals. He breathed into Adam. And, and so you have Adam in this likeness and with the breath of God, and you go, I can see that, right? Because as human beings, we can think. We can reason. We can be in awe of God, we, we can even control our thoughts. We're different from the rest of creation because we are made in his image, in his likeness, and we literally have his breath in us. The word breath and the word spirit are the same word. Literally, he breathed the spirit of God into us. Now, let's be careful here. We don't have all the qualities of God. <laughs> okay, so, so being in his image and being in his likeness does not mean we are God. We don't have all his, his qualities because God is omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, and those are big fancy words for basically meaning he's all-powerful. He's all places at all times, and he's all-knowing. We, we don't have those qualities, but we have that God. We have that God living in us. You see, you can see those qualities, the all-powerful God, all-knowing God. Just, just stop and just look at the nature around us. Look at the ocean, and you can see the power and the creativity and the wildness and the beauty and even the order that God has. We can see those all around us, and what does that create in us? Awe, right? And so as human beings, we can have awe of the God that created us. And not only is God all of these, but God has this feature. <laughs> is feature the right word? This, this nature in him where he's God, one God. But he's also three gods. And, and it's interesting. It, it's one, but it's three. And in our theology today, we call it the Trinity. So you have God, the one God. God the Father, the Creator. And then you have Jesus, the Son. And, and Jesus came in physical nature, lived on earth. And then you have the Spirit of God. And that's the one that Jesus promised would live in us. So you have God, one God. He's one, but he's three, but he's one. 
It's kind of hard for our minds to grasp this whole thing. But even from the very beginning, what I just read to you out of Genesis, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. You can see it's plural. God's referring to the Trinity even in the beginning of time. And it's important. The reason I'm telling you all this is it's not just a spirit that lives in us. It is literally the spirit of the living God. The God that created us is the same God, the same spirit that lives in us. That is pretty awesome. And so when you go, the fruits of the spirit are qualities of God himself, right? Paul says, if you have God in you, this is what it should look like. So the actual qualities of God are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. God is sharing these beautiful qualities with us. He gives us the ability to tap into these amazing qualities. And because of the Spirit living in us, we have access to the nature of God. And that's what allows us to live life the way it's supposed to be lived. (laughs) This week, as I was working on this, and and last week too, as I I, I even memorized the the fruits of the Spirit, it was not as much as the kids memorized. I memorized this one verse, the the fruits of the Spirit, and and I've been meditating on them. Uh, Not just like in the morning, but throughout the day, I've been meditating on them, and so I'm just, I have this picture of them just soaking in, and and, and it's this beautiful thing, And, and one day this week, I had to go pick up my, my son Max from Miracosta College, pick him up and, and take him home. And if you know anything about this area, Highway 78 is closed going east. And so I, I knew, I knew there's going to be a lot of traffic because everyone that's not on the 78 is everywhere else on every single road, no matter which way I go, there's people. And that's why I say the Highway 78 at the moment is the enemy that we are fighting. So I literally thought, this is a great opportunity for me. I'm, I'm meditating. I'm letting it, these, these things soak in. I am going to go and get in this traffic, and I am going to let the Spirit come out. I don't know what that looks like driving, but that's what I'm going to do. And I was great. I'm telling you, I was awesome. I, I, just driving, everything was fine. I let people go in front of me. I didn't let anyone get to me. It was just, it was this place of peace. And then as I was gone Vista Way, and you know, you have to wait through several lights on Vista Way, and, and I had to get over so I could turn to go to Miracosta. And, and this young girl would not let me over, and I'd speed up, and I'd try to go, and she'd speed up. And she looked like she was about 12. I don't know if she was old enough to be driving. But I finally, in all the love I could muster, I forced my way in. And she honked. But not honked. She kept her hand on the horn for the next five minutes, just honking. And I, well, I didn't do so well. We'll just leave it at that. And I won't let you talk to Max about it either. But it didn't go so well. It was going so good. And then this 12-year-old just, oh. But here's the thing. It's not just anger that comes out. It's not just rage. We, 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 we get in this place. We can do so good. And then, oh. You know, it happens to me at night, too. 
I've got this thing at night. I don't know what it is, but man, lights go out. I can't, I am so tired. My head hits the pillow, my eyes open. It's supposed to be the opposite way. And everything I was supposed to do that I didn't do, everything that I need to do, all these different things, they become these, these worries, this anxiety in me. And, and, and you know, I, this is a, an ongoing battle. Worry and anxiety steals our life. You know, after that trip with Max, I dropped him off and I came back to the office and I started working on my sermon again and I opened up Acts 16 and I started reading about Paul and Silas. And, and here, Paul and Silas, they have no traffic to deal with, but they've got other issues, right? And so they're in Philippi, they started a church there and there's this, this young girl that is possessed by a spirit that's tormenting them every day. And so one day, Paul just casts the demon out of her, heals this, this slave girl. I mean, gives her a new life. What a, what a reason to celebrate, right? Except her owners weren't too happy about it. And so they had Paul and Silas arrested. And, and not just thrown in jail, but they were literally stripped of their clothing. They were beaten, flogged, and then they were put in the center of the prison. And they were, they were basically chained in the center of prison. And I'm thinking, that's worse than the 78, right? That's, I mean, that's like... Okay, now you're in prison, and I'm just thinking they went in for helping a girl. Who has to go to jail for, for setting a girl free, giving her a new life? I mean, what a reason to celebrate, but, but they end up in jail for it. And now, if it's me, there might be some anger. I might be frustrated. I might be worried. You know, how's my family? What are they going to do? I mean, how am I going to Am I ever going to get out of here? I mean, you can go down the list of things you'd worry about if you've been stripped of your clothes, beaten, flogged, and then chained. But Paul and Silas respond with joy. They, they start praising God. This is what it says in Acts 16, 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. I mean, they literally changed the culture of prison. They could have gone in there and said, we don't deserve this, blah, 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 but instead they came in and just started praising God. And joy and peace and love flowed from them, and then... About that time, an earthquake shakes the prison. All the prison doors open. All the jail cells are open. Now, I've never been in jail. You'll be shocked to find out. But I'm just going to guess that if all the jail cells opened here in Southern California, people would run, right? They're getting out. You have a ticket. No one left the prison. They're all, their chains had fallen off. They all stay. And after the, jail, the jailer wakes up, he sees what's happened, he immediately pulls out his sword. He's going to take his own life because, man, he's, he's dead. The government's going to kill him. He lost all the prisoners. But Paul goes, no, 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 we're all still here. Nobody's left. We're right here just praising God with all our open jail cells. And that very night, he takes the jailer. He tells him about Jesus. The jailer believes. His whole family believes. He baptizes him. And the jailer and the whole place is transformed. You go, that is the power of the Spirit at work, right? That's what it looks like. And here's the truth. If we are living life in the Spirit, He does not always change our circumstances. In fact, he very rarely changes our circumstances. And he does not make us rich. And he doesn't make us have a perfect marriage or a perfect job. But listen. But it does allow you. 
to respond to every situation with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It doesn't change our circumstances or our situation, but it changes how we respond to those Going back to Jessica Buchanan, the one kidnapped by her Somali pirates. She's in the car with nine men, one nine-year-old boy carrying an AK-47 that has already killed three people by the time he's nine years old. They take her out to who knows where, the wilderness. She has no idea where she's at. It's pitch dark. The first night, she gets out and they just say, sleep. Just point at the ground. She just has to lay on the dirt and sleep. She has no blanket, no nothing. She has a bush to use for the bathroom. Now, she had no idea that was the first night of 93 days. <laughs> Imagine that. Over three months. And she eventually got a blanket. That was her only thing. She got a blanket. Every day she feared for her life. She was being, they were asking, million, asking for millions of dollars to give her back. She really thought she was never going to get out of her life. She said she had a gun pointed at her head more times than she cares to remember. And she lived in that day in and day out. Now in the end, on day 93, SEAL Team 6 came in the middle of the night, killed all nine men and rescued her. But she didn't even know that was happening. She knew nothing. And somewhere about round day 20 to 25, she begins to think about her lot in life. And it's not very good. She's lost everything she had. She doesn't know anything that's going on in the outside world. She'd just lost her mom the year before. And she hadn't she said, I was, kept thinking, I'm going to take time to, to heal and grieve over my mom. She was just too busy. It never happened. She was going to take a sabbatical and do that. And all of a sudden, she decided right there, with her armed guards, these are the words. I've got to read them to you. Well, I've lost everything, so I should take advantage of this. <laughs> Can you imagine saying that? I've lost everything. I should take advantage of this. And that's what she did. In the presence of her enemies, literally, she began to take time because she had no place to go. <laughs> she had nothing else to do. So she just sat and meditated and prayed and grew and healed. And I thought, literally, in the presence of her enemies, she found peace. Literally. <laughs> and here I am angry at the 78. <laughs> we can do that too. In the midst of the traffic, in the midst of stress at work, or even a stressful home environment, we can literally find love. We can find joy, we can find peace, we can find patience, we can find kindness. No matter what's going on around us, we can stop and go, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this. Because we have the Spirit living in us. You know, Jesus tells us not to worry. He's preaching, and he tells a whole group of people, don't worry. 
Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. And now these people actually were concerned about those things. It's not like our society today. And he tells them, he goes, listen, the birds have plenty to eat. They're not worried. The flowers, look how beautiful they are. They're not given, they just have these clothes. That's it, look how beautiful they are. Yet we worry about all these things. Now to us, those are basic needs, right? If you and I, if we didn't have enough to eat, if we didn't have enough to wear, if we didn't have those things, we would be, we'd be full of anxiety. But we have plenty of that. Most of us have, have more outfits than we ever wear. We have more food. We have to throw it away. We have plenty to drink. <laughs> but we've invented other ways to worry, right? <laughs> We've come up with a very busy schedule, and we all do it. We pack our schedule full. We keep adding more bills to pay. We have a boss at work that causes stress. We run our kids all over town. We, we live in a place with lots of traffic. You see, as humans, we invent things to worry about. <laughs> Here's what Jesus said. So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. I want to stop right there. These dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. What's that mean? People that don't believe. People that don't have the spirit living inside them. This is what dominates their thought. Worry and anxiety and anger and rage and all of those things. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So what do you do? Seek the kingdom of God above everything else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. You see, when we allow the sin nature to win out, the thief, the, the enemy, listen, it steals love. It steals our joy. It steals our peace. It steals our patience. It steals our kindness. And I think we get the point when we let the sin nature win out, it steals the life that we were created to live. Jesus came so that we could have life and have life to the full. And we literally have the living God living in us that gives us the ability to live life the way it was supposed to be lived. For the last couple of years, I, I actually purposely have just quit listening to the news. It's just stressful. And, 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 and I realized I can't do anything about it. Now, I, I know the main events going on. I don't think I've just stuck my head in the sand. But I, I just don't go there. I don't, don't listen to it because I don't want something else to worry about. And so this week, I decided, kind of like my Highway 78 experience that I totally failed at, I thought, I'm going to try a new one. I'm going to listen, I'm going to open up my news app, and I'm going to start reading the news just for this little segment of time. And I did. You know what I found out? There's wars going on. Maybe you knew that. I don't know. Threats of wars. There's an article that World War III might be happening. I thought coronavirus is over, but there's other sicknesses that have taken its place. There's still cancer. The economy is not good. Inflation's bad. Gas prices are through the roof. And then there's still natural disasters like tornadoes, earthquakes, fires. <laughs> we have plenty to worry about. And yet Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Jesus says, don't worry. 
So what are we supposed to do? Seek him. We can't do anything else except seek him and let the spirit of the living God, let that resonate in us. Let that grow in us. Then I read Psalm 46. I, I shared this with the board on Tuesday night at our board meeting. As I was studying this and talking about it, I, 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 I get to Psalm 46, and it starts off with, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Good news, right? The very God that lives in us is also our refuge, also our strength. But then it goes on. It says, so we will not fear when earthquakes come. Mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. I mean, all these things are happening. It doesn't say those are going to stop. It just says we won't fear. And then in verse 6, he says, guess what? The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms will crumble. Today, the same as it was back then. The world's in chaos. The nations come and go. Presidents will be elected and they will disappear. Kings will rise up and they will disappear. Nations will be great and then they won't. But the same God that created it all still lives in us. And so what do we do? Verse 10 says it pretty simply. Just be still and know that I no matter what's going on around us, we can literally say what Jessica Buchanan said and say, you know what? Here I am. I might as well take advantage of it. And just be still. And know that I am God. And he says, I will be honored in every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. And listen to this. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. The same God that lives in us, lives among us, and he still rules. And we can just simply be still. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you. I want to praise you the way Paul and Silas did. As we just sit here in this safe place remind us that you are God that's all we need to know we thank you for being our strength and our fortress and we thank you for being our love and our joy and our peace and as we leave here today I pray that that will go with us help us to meditate in that we love you. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.